0: This is The Pick of the Bunch by Basic Bananas, where we share the pick of the bunch when it comes to marketing, business, and people.
1: Hi, and welcome back. Today I'm joined by the fabulous Michelle and Kevin, who are the founders of Lex Dance Studio. They operate six studios and were pretty much forced. To close their operations, and instead of freaking out, they got to work and adjusted their offering and their dance classes to still support their students. Let's hear their story. Hey, Michelle and Kev, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> <Pleasure, Kev. laughs> I'm Enjoy talking to you both because you're very creative and always taking action when it comes to changing your business and adjusting and. You've recently also been featured in the Canberra Times, which yes. is amazing. And this was after we did the Clover Bunch session. We wrote a press release. Well, you wrote the press release and then you sent it out to a few publications and it went really well. So That's Canberra cool. Times and where else? Canberra Weekly, you're coming out. And then
2: Radio Interview on
1: Sound so good. I can't wait to, to hear it and to read the other articles. Now, so that our listeners know a little bit more about you and your journey as business owners and the founders of Lex Dance Studio, I'd love to hear a little bit about your story. And then most importantly, the reason why we are running this, these episodes of Entrepreneurs in the Spotlight is to hear your stories of how you've adjusted to the current economy and the the the, you guys have made some drastic changes so let's start first with your story
2: basically um we moved to australia um from um, southern africa and um i looked for a dance studio for my own children and wasn't really happy with what i could find in canberra so i started teaching my two children in um a four-car garage And then the neighbours said, oh, can we join? And then friends of the neighbours and cousins of the neighbours. And before I knew it, um, I actually needed to look for premises. So I just moved down to the local community centre, started classes there. Uh, We were teaching in schools as well, going in at lunchtime. So the kids could do dancing um, instead of parents having to take them to classes in the afternoons. We could do it um, while they are at school. Um, And then basically for four years from there on, we doubled our um, intake of students every year for four years, um, uh, taking out scout halls, community centres, wherever we could find premises. Uh, Then we moved into commercial premises in 1997 with two studios, uh, which was fantastic having our own um, venue, and then um, continued to grow. And so now we are in uh, beautiful premises in Hume, And we have six studios that pretty much run um, six days a week. And um, yeah, our students have gone on to enjoy uh, professional careers, which is really great. So we follow them around the world and go and see their shows wherever we can. Um, but it's not just about those the children that are successful in the industry. It's also about creating life skills. So we sort of promote life skills within our studio. So teaching them resilience, um, time management and all of those skills discipline. as well. Yeah, obviously the discipline, um, grooming so that when they, because the majority of our students will not take up a professional career but will be well-rounded adults going into the workforce. So uh, we take as much pride in our students that have gone on to regular public service jobs or working for their own companies because they're always well-presented and have got good um, skills behind them. Um, Probably our challenges that we have always found was staff. Um, Because Canberra is not a major city, we found that teachers weren't um, readily available. Uh, It was a bit too far to engage teachers from, say, Sydney. Um, So that was always our issue. Um, And we've also, we had quite an interesting situation where we had not one but two different sets of parents opening up studios from within our studio and poaching our staff and our students and families as well. But um, we've managed to stand the test of time and um, the people that stayed stayed on. So I have some students that are going on for like 20 years service with me. So it's, um, it's very exciting to have the longevity of, of students returning and then now getting the second round of their children.
1: Yeah, and you know, one thing that I'm noticing with you too, always And when, when we saw each other at the Experience, our annual summit is after so many years, how many years have you been running so, this?
2: Yes, yeah, so we just celebrated our 30th birthday last year.
1: Yeah, well, congratulations. And the one thing that I always find with you guys is after 30 years, you, you still have this passion for this business. How do you,
2: <laughs> how do you stay so passionate? Um, I think dancing, I've been dancing since I was three myself and um, it's pretty much only the most of the things that I know and it's it's my drug basically it's the thing that's always kept me going I um, I love performing I love passing on my expertise and seeing the joy of the kids coming into class or their performances or when concert day and they arrive with their makeup and their hair done and they're so excited to go on stage so it hasn't been hard to keep drive going because I am so passionate in fact Kev says sometimes that I need to look at it more as a business rather than just uh, what other people would probably think a little hobby but Mm -hmm. it's just I'm so engrossed and involved in my students that um, it's we've sort of made legs a very happy and safe place a lot of children feel that it's their it's their safe place. They can come there and they're not judged and they are um, with their friends and very family-orientated. So um, we have facilities where the parents can sit and do their own, if they've got work that they can bring their laptop or they've got a, a sibling that needs to have reading sessions or homework. So we've tried to make it as Um,
0: Family friendly. Family
2: friendly. So that's um, what we're looking at at the moment is to increase that so that people know it's a place for them to go and hang out and just feel nice and relaxed and knowing that their children are being well looked after in their dance classes.
1: Yeah, and I wonder, you know, if if part of this passion that you both still have after thirty years is comes back again to the purpose of why you built a. A hobby business as in six studios, you know, like this is yes. not, not a, a hobby business. So I wonder if it comes back to, to your purpose again. And also remember in, in session one, and this is not a test, but remember in session one of the clever bunch, you revisit your values. Yes. What, what are some of your business values? Because I can hear what I think they may be, but I'd love to hear actually.
2: So um, inclusivity, so we've, we've, we feel that because we teach uh, students as well with Down syndrome and special needs, and we're basically, um, our values are um, that it's, um,
0: it's... It's family orientated, but yes. at the same time, um, the, the, the kids are encouraged that, uh, to do their best and it doesn't matter what your best is, so long as you do your best. Yeah. And so you're allowed to fail.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. And yeah, we're all shapes and sizes and, you know, there's, there's no distinguishing between. We only take on the elite kids. We're there for every child because we never know when that little ugly duckling is going to turn into that beautiful swan. And it's happened so many times to me where I've walked in after a class to Kevin the office and I've said, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do with those kids. You know, they just, not, it's not happening. And then four or five years down the track, you go, whoa, what happened to those kids? They're amazing dancers. They're just beautiful. So um, you, you've got to give everybody um, a, a chance to, to do their best. And, I mean, some, for some kids, their best is not the same as the next child, but that's okay. You know, they all have different um, goals and um, they're achieving them, which is great.
1: Yeah, and so part of what I'm also hearing, which you you mentioned that as part of your values, which seem to be driving you still, are the family, which you mentioned before. You mentioned joy and then growth, so helping people to grow, which is doing their best, and discipline. Mm
2: Yeah, growing their confidence. That's kind of like... Being creative, so one, I think it's very important to stimulate the other side of your brain and really be creative, so dance does that for you, and as well as we see the confidence growing in these children um, and parents sort of turning around at the end of the day and saying, the school teacher called them in and said, what's happened to your child? All of a sudden, you know, from being the shy child, now we're standing up and we're talking in front of the class and we're one of the leaders, and they've said it's down to um, the fact that they're so comfortable in their dance classes and by having their confidence increased in class makes it um, the reason why that these kids are the way that they are now. So it's not just helping them dance-wise, which is great.
1: Yeah, and the next question I wanted to ask you because you have changed so quickly and I'm so impressed with you guys because, again, this is a 30-year-old business and often what we see, of course, with older businesses, the founders are often a little bit more reluctant to change. You guys are just so young at heart and young at running this show. How, what have you changed and, and how have you gone about changing?
2: All right, this has been the most traumatic time and stressful time for me because I'm not very good with technology. And, of course, everything we're doing now has to do with technology. So I still freak out when things don't work. Um, we basically hung out right till the absolute end to keep our studio running There were other studios in town that had closed down as soon as like it started to get a little bit hairy, but we, I was determined to keep going and right up until the Monday, the 23rd of March, we were told by midday we had to shut down. Um, We went into basically like pandemonium here, but by the next day, Tuesday, the 24th of March, we were up running our Zoom online classes. I'd never been on Zoom in my life, so I didn't even know what Zoom was. But literally within 24 hours, we were up and running. Um, obviously, it took a lot of things like, um, first of all, a lot of research. I did some days I was doing three or four webinars a day just trying to find out what was the best way because obviously we're, we've got to make sure that our audio is correct so that the children can hear what the music that we're playing. Uh, it's not just like talking on a microphone. We've got to have music involved. We have to make sure that the students can see the teachers' We also have to make sure that we can see the students as well. Um, I had a funny story. I was taking a private lesson in the first week and I had this little girl in her um, lounge area and then next to it was the dining room and then next to it was the kitchen. And she started her little dance and I was correcting her as she was dancing. And the next minute she just disappeared off the screen for like a minute. And the next minute the mum comes dragging her back onto screen and she said, oh, sorry, she was down in the kitchen. So there was obviously no... I couldn't see her down there, but no spatial awareness. So we've had to not only train the children, we've had to train the parents. So little things like making sure that the cameras weren't sort of focusing on their bottom or something like that, or I could only see their head or the ceiling. But obviously with the teachers as well, because um, our job is engagement. It's physical, it's hands-on. We've had that all completely taken away from us. So... Now we've had to find other ways and be really creative as to how to engage our students. So doing things like getting the children to come and sit closer to the screen at the beginning of the class while you maybe pull out um, your magic glasses and you say to the children, "Oh, I wonder who I can see on my screen today. Put on your glasses," and then you pick out each of the children that you can see on, there on the screen, and you welcome them into your class. Um, when you're doing a dance. Say, is it example going bananas make sure you've got you pull out banana out of your bag so that they can physically see the banana um just doing things like we've done some virtual dance parties as well to try and keep the kids busy over the holidays and engaged Um, so having uh, two of our teachers hosting the party and bringing the kids in playing games and and all of those sorts of things we've done just hangout sessions with our students as well because especially my seniors and my year 12s have, so this has been a huge impact on them because this is meant to be the last year of everything for them, the last dance camp, the last um, uh, mid-year concert, the last of everything. And they're not having that because we don't even know when we're going to be able to go back into mainstream classes. So we've had to cancel so many things along the way um, We've done things with the parents um, to give them a chance to also ask questions and feel comfortable. So I've done like, um, they call me Miss M. So it's Miss M's wine o'clock. So at um, six o'clock, all the parents came on with their glass of wine and we had a good old chat with them um, and made them feel comfortable. Uh, the other day I did a plie and pinois class. So it was a mix of ballet. The plie comes from the ballet terminology and pinois being your pinot, uh, your wine And I did it in the kitchen so that, you know, it was felt comfortable, made them warm up by opening up their bottle and pouring it into the glass and doing the exercise as well, holding their glass of wine and then doing a little chat session afterwards. So um, I feel that we've really had to think outside the box um, as to how we can keep people engaged, how we can make people feel connected still with us. And um, I mean, There are obviously parents who've said we're not interested in online and we'll wait till we go back to -to face-to-face. But for the majority, we've had so many parents saying thank you so much for keeping normality in their children's lives. The one thing, if there was no dance and they were only doing schoolwork online and being like stuck stuck in their houses, not being able to mix with their friends, I think mental health is what is really scaring me with, um, with these children. Is how they're going to come out on the other end. So we've got to do the best that we can to try and keep them entertained and feeling connected with their teachers. And it's so lovely when you see the kids come online and then beautiful big smiles on their faces when they see their teacher. So it's great.
1: I love that. And and again, so much of what you say is. And I have a, a few more quick questions here. One is the focus on community that you're that you're building right now this goodwill again with the community and that's why it's working so well too and then the other thing is you're so creative with you know how you come up with 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 extra sessions to build community where do you feel like you're finding this these ideas I mean, yeah I, i'll ask this question first i know this is a really big question
2: i honestly my brain has been going nonstop. i'm always thinking of things that i can do or Trying to make the most out of situations. Say, for example, I do a lot of musical theater where I choreograph and um, co direct. And um, now we've got, we've sometimes rehearsed probably about 12 to 15 hours a week on a show. And that's gone as well. So I'm thinking, you know, I'm not seeing those people. So maybe I need to do a musical theater class with just me as the teacher so they know to keep up their skills while they're. Um, not doing any rehearsals that they can do class with me. And also because I can have, I can teach people anywhere in the world. I don't have to just stay in my district, in my little suburb and everything. So that's the beauty of it as well is that I can reconnect with people that are living anywhere.
1: Yeah. And this is also what it sounds like now that you are not location dependent anymore right now you obviously are reaching more people. Do you think you will continue this once people can come to the studios again? Do you feel like you're going to continue
2: this more global reach? I think that um, definitely from an adult's point of view, I think that it would be really good to continue an online class because I have got people spread far and wide that I would be able to um, be able to do something for them. I've got students that are at full-time courses all over over Australia, so it would be great for them to maybe once a week come back to their where they learnt everything and have me sort of like mentoring them and um, helping them that way. So I think it's a sign of the times that we're going to have to mix both together. Um, I think the younger children is they're harder to engage because uh, we teach children from two years of age. Um, but I th- definitely think from the um, the older students, I think it's a great way to um, keep our nets open, nice and wide, you know, rather than just restricting it to our local area.
0: And basically we're sort of looking at putting together a membership site now as well. So yeah. the, the website's been started developing when we first, from the first session of, of Basic Bananas, which we've progressively moved on and on through it and, and changed things in it. And then of course the COVID virus came up. So that, that blew that whole lot out the water. But at the same time, the idea of a membership you know, site was, was put forward and we thought, ah, oh, that so, is yeah. probably a very good idea for, for, for us.
2: Because we can then record um, sessions, so whether it was, say, a jazz session for adults or a beginner tap for adults or, or even a kids' like, fun class or whatever, and we can actually put that up on our membership so that people can access what we've been doing we're already going to be doing it in our classes if we record them and we set ourselves up um as we've had to for COVID 19 we've got that facility now already set up so um it's a lot of work initially but i you know (laughs) it's been like just even just from our invoicing point of view because obviously we've got people that normally come into the office and pay there and then so now we've had to change it up we had to do a little bit of a tweak on our timetable as well um We've found little problems like where there's a family of three or three of them have got classes on at the same time, depending on their ages, and they obviously don't have the internet capacity to um, have three of them online. So it's got a a lot of its problems, but um, the fact is we're still currently open as such, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and ironing out the challenges, and and we've we've spoken a lot about the, having a membership site also with, with other members at Basic Grounds and a lot of them are doing that now because also for you, that's definitely something useful to have after after we are we can go back to, you know. Yes, yeah, the-
2: like a further extension of what we're already doing. So it's great. I think it's... I it's, it's, personally, um, I haven't felt really... I cried the first day, like the whole day. I just cried when I had to shut my studio But then I went, you know, what's the point of wallowing in all the self-pity? And I just had to go, I need to look at these silver linings and I have to see what is good about the situation. And it's made me a better teacher because I'm seeing how hard it is to not be able to go up to a child and fix their posture. I now have to talk them through this, which is so difficult, um, and then sort of direction saying, no, 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 go towards your couch. No, 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 go towards your desk at home or watch out, there's a cat behind you and things like that. So having to be really creative and really relearning how to teach has been um, quite fascinating, I think.
1: Yeah, and that leads me to the last question, which you have already kind of shared, you know, a little bit of a, a piece of advice for listeners. But my last question is, what is one piece of advice that you would love to share with fellow business owners, fellow entrepreneurs?
2: I think it's really important to love what you do I think your excitement and your exuberance from within is projected out to people. You want people to want to be a part of your business. So, for me, um, I, I I love what I do, and that's I think shows, and that's why people are attracted to my business.
1: I love that, and I, that definitely, in your case, shows a lot. And also, your when you told us your story, how it started, of how you first started teaching your kids, and then the Neighbors come and then their cousins, and then it just sort of organically grew because you have such a love for what you do, and then now you run six studios. So I love it. This is really beautiful advice. So thank you again so much for joining us today, and thank you to the listeners for tuning in, and thank you for being just such beautiful, passionate business owners that are always adding value. I really appreciate you guys. Thank you for Thanks. asking us. We really appreciate that.
0: been a pleasure. To get more from Basic Bananas and to learn new ways to grow your business with clever marketing, visit basicbananas.com.